0: This is Real Kipper and Born on Sportsnet 590,
1: The Van. Is your
0: mic on, pal? Now it is. Welcome back! Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Real Kipper and Born, take two. Hey, everybody! <laughs> We're back! Nick Kiprios! Justin Boyd. The mic's not working. There we go. Oh, there it is. Sammy McKee coming out of El, uh, Las Vegas, Nevada.
1: Who, me? Yeah. I didn't go to Las Vegas. Where'd you go? Arizona. How How's <laughs> New Mexico? <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> Buddy, I, I, start, Buddy,
0: I, I was, my wheels were already spinning to get out of here before I even uttered, hey, Sammy, where are you going? How uh, was Arizona, Sammy. Really good. Really good. Really good. Really good. I'm still
1: I'm still feeling it. Yeah. But I'm doing better today than I was yesterday. I don't remember really what one thing was said yesterday. I was in a brain, brain fog.
2: But I'm back today. I'm in, all good. Your mid-30s now, it starts to have a little longer lasting effect. It's a couple days now to get better. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: And nowhere in the equation was an Arizona Coyotes game. I ended up in Miami, passed on the Leafs and Panthers game thursday night that's right they were literally there when you, you were like nope no 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 uh, i'll take my
2: spot uh yeah by the pool you got plenty of chance to see the leafs play in toronto a few the
1: a ca- few but the coyotes we... did play while i was there but i didn't even didn't even think
0: of it hilarious we're glad everybody's back ready for the run here mm-hmm. is it the official run yet or are we still uh, uh, god s- i hope so we got single digits left for many teams
2: Yeah, I mean, it's the run for sure. It's, you know, we've pretty much sorted out who's going to be in playoffs and who isn't. And Leafs are set with home ice, all that good stuff.
0: All right, we're glad everybody's with us for the next couple hours. Uh, Many waiting on our YouTube channel. Thanks, as always, for joining us. We're waiting for Sportsnet 590, the fan, just wrapping up a Blue Jay game, if I'm not mistaken. Hey, Sammy?
1: That's correct. I think the Blue Jays will probably be pretty close to done here. We'll get back on the fan.
0: All right. YouTube iTunes, Spotify. There is nowhere you can't reach us on the Real Kipper and Born Show. In about forty-five minutes, Mike Fuda, former NHL executive, sports sportsnet analyst, he'll be joining us in the second hour. Eric uh, Erlinson. Erlinson. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's, I was going to spit it out, Sammy. Uh,
1: we were, I just wanted to make sure he lost you faith heard me. me say it.
0: Faith early in the show here. I did, <laughs> but I, I like he's eager.
2: Yeah, you I'm can here. tell
0: he's. He's away.
2: Our engagement's high today.
0: And I can tell because there's no spelling uh, mistakes yet uh, on his his program here. Yesterday was a
2: a Lilligren spelled wrong.
0: So (laughs) we will talk Tampa Bay Lightning because there's something going on here. This is a little deeper than just a a, a regular, hey, we don't really care right now attitude for Tampa
2: Bay. Yeah. I am curious to see what uh, Eric has to say about them because... You know, they've had a tough schedule. They've known where they are in the standings, all that. But, boy, it's a, you need a lot of excuses to justify how they've played lately. Okay, the Leafs back on the ice
0: at their practice facility, the Ford Performance Center. They get ready for a struggling Florida Panthers team who lost the other night to Ottawa, which brings us uh, Gary Galley in about 15 minutes. Yeah and he'll help us tee up uh, what he saw last night out of the Panthers and the Senators. We'll talk Austin Matthews. We'll talk Michael Bunting in the next little while. Plenty to get into with uh, Kippers Clippers, Sheldon Keefe. But in the meantime, a good week here, guys, for the Leafs to kind of slow down, catch a deep breath. Some good hockey. They didn't get the results that they wanted uh, in Carolina. But overall, I don't know you got to be pretty happy to see where they're heading towards uh, three, four weeks from now.
2: Yeah. I think, uh, you know, about a week ago we were talking about how, Oh, since the deadline, their underlying numbers aren't good. You know, we were concerned not just about the success they were having or lack thereof, but how it looked in a process standpoint. I think at the very least you come off a tough four game road trip and you say the process was really good. You can see it coming together. The decor is taking shape. Uh, all that's very encouraging. Any
0: leakage anywhere for you, Sammy, right now for the Leafs?
1: I wouldn't say that I love them after they came back and played the way they did against Carolina and then them losing that game kind of stunk. But I don't think, I think what we've been talking about here is that the most positive things for the Leafs is having Austin Matthews back looking like Austin Matthews here. Like, You know, you can talk about the way the bottom six is meshing together. You can talk about the way the decor looks and all that kind of stuff. But by far, the most important thing for them is to have Matthews back to looking what he looks like, to pair him with an out-of-this-world Marner. Tavares is starting to get back on his horse. We can talk a little bit about Willie Nylander not getting back on his horse. But to me, the most important thing is getting Matthews looking like he was last year, and that's kind of starting to happen here.
0: I I thought there was a typo when I, I heard 15 shots. Goal,
2: yeah, the fourth highest total ever in a game. Yeah, and the game before Carolina gave up 16 total yeah, shots. Yes, <laughs> so yes, Matthew's got 15 on his own is pretty impressive.
0: All right, let's go to a first uh Kippers Clipper with Sheldon Keefe on his star centerman.
3: Yeah, I'd say just the pace that he's playing with both ways, the way his feet are moving. And then just his strength in the battles and his willingness to engage physically. Uh, You know, he's not running around finishing checks or anything like that, but he's he's engaging on every puck and either winning the puck or disrupting the play enough so that the next play becomes one that's winnable for us. Uh, and, again, that's just another area that shows up that uh, shows up on video and shows up in the game and the energy and the momentum swings. Maybe not so much on the score sheet, and that's what we need from players like that, all of our players, but even more so uh, guys like Austin that we lean on so much.
2: Yeah, just more of the same, you know, just a getting the puck back. You remember he was so good last year talking about takeaways and stuff, something Marner's done so well this year. He looked back to hounding the puck and being physical. Should Lee fans
0: just sit there and just go, "Okay, thank you. He's back. Feel better now." Or will there be any of them out there that would say, "Hey, where you been for like 60 games, by the way? Like is that even in the equation here? Do we uh, we don't need to focus on that. We don't need to worry about that. Do we just say, "Hey, he was he had a bad hand injury. I'm not sure how that affects pace but yeah just is move it, on apparently is it is it worth the conversation to go like okay wh- where's your head been or
2: yeah Gunner and I had that yesterday that is a big topic is you know and I and I said I just can't believe i feel very confident saying that this regular season was not as much of a priority as it was the year before to him he didn't seem it, you can't tell me it's just a wrist that changes the way he's looked the last 2 weeks compared to the rest of the season. So, yeah, worthwhile. uh. We
1: had the conversation. How many? How long ago was that now that we talked about that I brought it up that maybe there's a chance that he just kind of flips a switch here heading towards the playoffs? And in the next couple weeks after we talked about that, it really does feel like, you know, your wrist bone isn't connected to your leg bones here. (laughs) Like, you can still fly around. I know it's a tough one if you don't want to engage physically or whatever and you're kind of going to – if he really was – uh, wrist was bugging him, then that's okay. And I guess I get it, but it doesn't mean he has to look as quiet as he did for long stretches. Like, I, I don't really know where the conversation goes, but it, it does, you know, not I wouldn't say piss me off, but just, you know, I think about it where he's been for a lot of the year and now he's back. So you just kind of let it go. I think you just have to just hope that he's back and you let it go. Yeah.
0: Is the switch less him and more, I don't know, number 16? Because the switch also, the, the switch went when Marner went back with
2: him. You know that, right? You do know that. It's all Mitch. <laughs> it's all Mitch to me. That's all I see. No, I mean, yes, he is better. No, easy no, to no. It has nothing to do with no, 16. It, it, has, certainly oh, come on. Has, it certainly has something to do with it. Yeah. Playing with the team's best player helps him. And now Willie
0: is kind of lost. Can you not have everybody just play really well at the same
2: time? Is that too hard to ask? That would be awesome. I thought, you know, there's a stretch in Carolina from like halfway through the first till the third period where it felt like everyone on the team played well. It was an unbelievable. I don't know what the, the shots were over that stretch, but it's as good as this team has looked over that run of time. He, I mean, he was a part of it. Him and Marner are unbelievable. Yarncroft's been a great fit for them. You know, he's someone who's just in the right places. They can count on him. He works hard. I mean, to the point where he's probably the guy in playoffs, skipper. Well,
0: I... listen, it's certainly heading there for sure. And yeah. you know how I feel about Croc. that uh, much like Bunting, like I feel with Michael Bunting, are they legit number one guys? No. Yeah. But put them with Austin and put them with Marner and they they their skill level and their hockey IQ is good enough where they can contribute and not look out of place. And that's what's happened, yeah. With with yarn crock, yeah. And number uh, here's another thing. Oh, and Austin likes him, a big thing.
2: That's a big one too. Is I think it's more like, can you please just stop with the Kerfoot thing? Like I don't think you'll see Kerfoot with Matthews again, unless things go off the rails. I don't know. So, but I think
1: this the Matthews just to go back to the Matthews Marner relationship in terms of them playing together and what they do for each other. I think. One of the big things with him playing, was it was with Willie and Bunting that he was playing with for a while. And Willie, he had to do most of the defensive heavy lifting on his line yeah. for a long time, like in, uh, for a forward. And then you put him back with Mitch, who is also borderline elite defensive, defensively as well. Then it really changes the look for both of them. Like I think they help as much, each other as much offensively as they do defensively. Like It's a really important factor with those two guys playing together.
2: Which just brings you back to the same conversation. Like that team has looked their best when Marner powers a line and Matthews powers a line, like in the regular season. But they're they're just so good. I don't think you can ever take them apart. The way they're connecting the ozone, well, like
0: you know how I feel about center winger. The winger's supposed to be the shooter, and the center's supposed to be the playmaker. Yeah. But it's the other way around. Yeah, it's it's Marner who's the playmaker. It's the guy that's going to set up and. Now, Matthews pretty much is back to where he was as a 60-goal threat out there. But when you're shooting 15 pucks at the net every night, mm-hmm. you you're, you are going to have great numbers again eventually. Yeah. The only thing I ask you is, does that make Austin a little bit more predictable for Tampa Bay or maybe even Boston in the second round if the Leafs get passed to say... Here's a shooter. We know what he's going to do. We could we could strategize to shut this down better, knowing that he's not dishing. He's he's shooting the puck every chance he gets.
2: Is this something that you think he wasn't doing earlier, like something yes. that's changed this season? You think he was passing more earlier in the season?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I see, again, I didn't get a great sample size yeah. this weekend, but going into it, certainly more in one-on-one confrontations, more individual battles, more yeah. wraparounds, more taking it to the net. Right. Yeah,
2: for for me, it's all, it all happens with his feet. Like I don't see him in situations where it's like pass or shoot and he's choosing shoot. I think when he wasn't getting the same looks, he wasn't putting himself in those spots. He's not skating. He's in traffic. Like the change for me was that he created soft spots with his feet. And that's what changes his skating for me. So you know, certainly, you know, with anyone, you'd like to be unpredictable. But I think like Alex Ovechkin has proved over his career, uh, if you do one thing and do it really well, yeah. your team can find ways to utilize that superpower. It's up to the Leafs to utilize that superpower. And part of that is putting him with Marner, who can find looks like no one in the league, really. See, when when Austin's
0: at his greatest, there are comparables to Connor in terms of dominance,
2: yeah and that's right? what he's been missing this year though that don has yeah. you're
0: right and now he's he's got it back the only difference between Connor and Austin when they're both at the top of their game is that Connor can better disguise a passer shot mm-hmm. than when Austin Matthews is at the at the best of his game yeah that's the only thing is that and if if Austin was a bit in, is able to bring a little bit more of that un- unpredictability of shooting or passing to me, he goes to another level.
2: You know, I see Mitch get more more pucks. Well they ha- they had one
1: when did they score on the opposite play? When was that against Carolina? Or was that against it was one of the games of the weekend where Matthews set up Marner and hit a one timer goal. Was that against yeah. Nashville? Like,
2: I feel like Yeah, off Marner's back foot too, he hit that hard. I feel like
1: Matthews' a bit more of a willing passer than you're giving him credit for kipper like don't you th- like i feel like he will defer a little bit more even than i would like yeah to. like i,
0: I it's, it's hard though when you get, you got 15 shots on goal you it, realize well, that right
1: and it's hard to i mean it's hard to pass up shooting the puck at the net when you can shoot the puck like austin matthews can it probably feels pretty yeah. sick to I rip Yes, the team says I just, yeah that when, when the puck lands in the stick i'm just wondering
0: though does it make him an easier target to shut down when that when there's less predictability well that
1: i mean the way that a lot or of these, more
0: predictability i mean a of, lot of shooting the puck
1: a lot of the way these series have burned out or borne out at the end, there, you would say that that's part of it, right? Like they haven't got to the middle of the ice in a lot of these big games that they've lost over the past couple of years against Montreal, yeah. but against he's, Tampa. He's, that's part he's of in
0: Ovechkin mode right now, where you just know it's coming.
2: Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, he when he's when he's playing like this, I think they'll take this version of of his hockey game absolutely.
0: Okay. Um, so if if it's Austin and Mitch game one where's the concern now to find that second line which brings in a conversation of Ryan O'Reilly and and is Ryan ultimately there to avoid the pitfall of robbing Peter to pay Paul here on your second line yeah does he come in now and help solidify a second line or does he come in and and shore up a third line let's go to Sheldon keep first and foremost on an injury update on Ryan O'Reilly
3: yeah, uh, just to continue to, to ramp him up and, and make sure that things respond positively, both uh, as he's shooting more, handling pucks more, uh, and then also just making sure that he's, uh, he's safe in terms of yeah, minimizing risk for re-injury. So that's really it. Uh, today, obviously, he didn't practice. He did everything but practice, and he got a lot of work individually himself before we even got out there. And then, um, you know, the hope is that he'll continue to progress towards practice here i would call it unlikely to play this week yeah you know, but you know that hasn't been ruled out necessarily but i think uh, the plan is more to kind of ramp them up through this week and look more towards next
2: so o'reilly is going to be back with plenty of runway which is encouraging uh i am curious to know where they start him out initially i did want to share one thing about Tavares, which i think is related to o'reilly kevin Papetti had a tweet the other day said Tavares ranks 3rd in primary points per minute behind Dreisidel and McDavid this season. He's also 3rd in shots per minute behind Pasternak and Robertson. Been a pretty effective guy for them this season, but struggled a little bit until this past weekend. I wonder five on 5 though. Yeah, five on 5 he's he struggled. Yeah. He hasn't been as And he's, he's
0: one of the most he's one of the better uh producers on the power play. Yeah. In the league. For sure. His his, his uh Power play points are, I think, a career high for him, or he's closing in on a career high.
2: He's got 35. Yeah, a lot. A A lot. lot, A lot of his points. Which is a good thing, right? You
0: need the power play going. The only question is, is how many of those opportunities do you get? Right? Mm -hmm. Two, three? Are there some nights when you get five power plays in the playoffs? No, probably not. But if it goes
2: anything like it did last year, you'll have eight. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, last year would be nice. Right? But yeah. um, So do you think they'll give O'Reilly to Tavares, bump him to the wing, or...?
0: They they have to have a very strong second line.
2: Yeah, so they probably will.
0: I got to think if if they want to ease him in in these last few games, you could see him in a third-line third, third uh, line scenario, but I think when push comes to shove that Ryan O'Reilly's in your top six.
1: Yeah. I think that the bottom half has proved itself to be effective enough now with... I know Achari's missing tomorrow night. He's day to day, so they're going to go to eleven and seven. But if you take Kerfoot off that second line potentially, and you put him, you know, in the place of Simmons on the fourth Flex line, Flex Seal. So <laughs> you have Aston Reese, Camp, and uh, Kerfoot, or whatever. Like I think there's enough interchangeable bodies in the bottom six there where I would like to, you know, the way it's looked to me yeah. that I know they haven't been great. Um, analytically, and I know that people have been taking a beat in for them, but I just feel like those guys are kind of playoff players in the bottom half yeah. and that it would be good to have O'Reilly playing alongside Nylander and, and Tavares.
2: I agree. I
1: agree. Stop <laughs> leaks
0: <League laughs> fast. <Express. laughs>
2: <laughs> just just to see less Kerfoot would be good. Although Kerfoot, since you've been gone, has become the league's most electrifying scorer. Shot one clean in the net the other night. Really excited. It's a good sign. It is, actually. Like, you know, if he could... If he could just get feeling good about his game, a little offensive confidence.
4: When he's going, he's going, right? Yeah. Where are we with
0: uh the the Michael Bunting uh scenario uh on the weekend between yeah. him and, and Keith? Did you clip that?
1: I have him talking about it. I don't have Bunting talking about it, but I have I have Keith talking All right, about it.
0: Let's let's go to uh let's go to Sheldon on Michael Bunting.
3: Well, I don't know. I mean obviously Bunsen, I do have uh have a relationship that goes far beyond here so but that's not not anything i focus on or think about uh it's a non-issue for me i give players a lot of leeway and and pass essentially especially for those that come right off the ice you know it's you uh for me to expect a player coming right from the heat of a battle to sit on the bench and then be a true gentleman when I want to go talk to him, that's uh, I'm putting myself at risk in, in going to, into that situation. So, uh, but yeah, not, not an issue for me. I think uh, he got the message. Like He said, no, I understand, and I know that he hears me. Um, but I don't overthink those kind of things, especially on the bench in, in the heat of the moment. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock
0: it up. <laughs> <laughs> Bunting wouldn't be the first guy to just look straight ahead oh, when a coach no, is, uh, you know, saying his piece.
2: You might say something looking forward. You might go, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, but uh, Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. But I will say it is noteworthy that that uh, interaction was with six minutes and change left in the in a 2-1 hockey game and Bunting didn't see the ice again for the rest of the night. So... Uh, this is what Bunting said about it. Uh, I'll leave that between
1: Kiefer and I, but what I will say is we have a good relationship. We've known each other for a long time. There's not much to really see here. He's one of the reasons I signed here, and I'll leave it at that. So he didn't want to look back at him because he told him he's done for the night. That's probably what happened.
2: They
0: sound
1: Isn't, like an old married couple. Doesn't it
2: make it worse when you say something like, I'll leave it at that, or whatever? Like, he said a nice thing. We have a long history. He's part of the reason I came here. I'll leave it at that. You know what I say? <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Because it's so like dramatic and mysterious. Um, one thing that is interesting, though, is like what this guy was going to get paid is probably not what he's going to get paid now. You know, like going into this year, sixty-five points, twenty-five goals last year. This year's got forty-some points. He's on the third line. His time uh, time yeah. on ice is down to fourteen minutes yeah, a night from I seventeen.
0: Don't, don't think. I don't think Bunting and his camp would feel the same way you do.
2: I mean, whether it's for the Leafs or not. He's not earned himself any money this year. He's not done himself favors. He's playing again, 14, 23 and behind in every metric, uh, you know, compared to last season. You so think
0: part of the strategy was to back him off a little bit.
2: No, I don't think it's a or contract ha- thing. I just don't think but he's you, playing as well.
0: So you think that he won't deserve a bigger raise based on the last 15 games or of slowing down.
2: Yeah. that's
0: what I think, yeah, we're going to pick up this conversation. So we're going to go to Gary Galley first. Uh, Gals, how are you, pal?
5: I'm doing great. How are you guys? Oh,
0: me and Justin are going to get into it on bunting.
5: Uh, <laughs> we do not agree.
0: <laughs> no, we'll, we'll let you pass on that one. But uh, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, certainly, we we caught your, your call uh, uh, on the weekend. And uh, just your thoughts on, on the Panthers tomorrow night. You got a good look at them and what the Leafs can expect.
5: You know the game. The game last night, um, obviously for for Florida, the two points, um, you know, for them as being as close as they are to the cusp, um, certainly were, were were points they had to have. But you know, if they didn't get them and they went on a seven game heater right now, then it wouldn't matter. For the Ottawa Senators, in the slim hope that they've got to run the table or go eight and one to have any chance, um, that's a must win, right? So. Uh, you know, as you get to these games, I don't think people realize. Go, oh, there are two teams that aren't in the playoffs, but these are teams that you know are playing extremely important games towards the end of March and in, and maybe into April, and they're learning a lot about their team. And uh, the Panthers made a lot of changes in the off season. I think those changes really slowed uh, their organization down, and I I still think they're not quite through it yet as they're trying to make their way to the playoffs. I thought they had a really sluggish start to the game last night. They didn't look um, they didn't look themselves as they looked in games past that I had seen. The Senators looked a little, little fresher, a little more on top of their game. Um, and, uh, and, and I think the Panthers just uh, kind of hung around at the start. But in the second period, you know, Ottawa took some penalties. Some of the Panthers' good players had some puck touches on the power play. They started to get some feeling good about themselves. And then uh, Forsling had that seeing eye puck that kind of went through traffic. And all of a sudden... Uh, it was the senators that were on their heels and, and it was Florida that was kind of skiing downhill. And and I think this whole game was really in the balance until uh, unfortunately Lundell took that um, un- ill-advised penalty where he gloved the puck back. And it's amazing. And and we, we all know this because we're guys who played the game. It's amazing how one thing at one time can turn it on a dime. And that penalty ended up being the undoing of what would have been a really tight finish and, uh, towards the end, and, and the game kind of got blown out. But, uh, you know, Bobrovsky, you know, didn't look terrible, didn't look great, and I think that's the reason why teams like Florida and teams like Calgary and teams, uh, you know, that are, are off the bubble that you thought might be there uh, is usually because their goaltending has been kind of up and down throughout the year, and, and it's hard to just get it back to being as good as we think he could be for the Florida and that's what they need for him in order to really get on a real heater here.
2: Yeah, they're definitely going to need to get red hot. You know, the Leafs are in kind of a unique situation where they don't really need, that you know, you want to go into the playoffs playing well, but they know where they're sitting uh, with nine games to go. What are your thoughts on on where they're at generally and, you know, sort of the, uh, just playing out the string here, how, how, how they need to go about that finishing these nine games?
5: The million-dollar question, and I don't believe there's an answer because until you go through it, you don't know, and then you look back on it is, can a team be as like Tampa, bored out of their minds, finishing off this friggin' thing? They know they're going to finish where they are. Toronto knows they're going to finish where they are. You know, the coaching staffs are trying to do their damnedest to keep the intensity level up, keep that pace of game up, keep the players a bit on edge, because soon these playoffs are going to start. When the playoffs start, as we all know, they start at zero. Everyone starts on the same line again. And if you try to go from a team that's going through the motions to a team that has to to pick it up against a team who's been picking it up for quite a while, that's when you get stung. And so you got to really be careful. But for the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, and and the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they know they're going to be opponents, I think both teams realize they don't care whether they start at home or on the road, and that was proved out last year. And people talk about, you know, the home team. Seriously, nowadays you think if we don't win game one, we're really in a must-win situation already in a series so teams don't care whether they start at home or on the road getting game seven at home is important but for the maple leafs like yeah i mean they're trying to play good hockey going into the playoffs so they're ready to rock and roll because they're going to be playing a team that i think is going to try to flip a switch and (laughs) and i'm really curious to see if if they can do it i think they have done it in the past a little bit but i don't think john cooper's been buying it I, i think there's some real concern there but I think the players are like, hey, hey, okay, let's just get through this. We've done this, been there. We, you know, bought the T-shirt. Uh, let's just get this going.
0: We're talking to Gary Galley, former NHLer, analyst for Sportsnet and Hockey Night in Canada. Uh, listening to you last night on the Stutzel goal that took the Panthers out, and I think you uttered the words, "He, he's got to have that," or something of that nature. It's, it's almost the, the fear of the Leaf fan right now is that. They're in the first round or they they find a way to get to Boston, maybe if if they advance and it's Samsonov or Matt Murray and they gotta have that save. Um just where this this whole thing is gone with the goaltending. And you know, for me, I'm watching again Bobrovsky last night and I'm I'm even wondering how did he last this long that he's still in this position and we're still having comments like he's he should have that or he that's one he'd like back Years after we've known for quite a while that you know maybe he should be gone by now, maybe they should have tried something else.
5: De- definitely, uh, Bobrovsky has never, uh, you know, I don't think played up to the billing card uh, since he's been in Florida. He's had moments of greatness there, uh, and he's had moments where it looks like he's it, it's gonna it, it's coming back, but I don't think he's ever really got. Uh, to where everyone thought he was going to be, or where he was at, at points prior to that, um, and I think at the end of the day, it, it continues to be a bit of a thorn for Florida. As <laughs> excuse me, as they go through uh, the Bobrovsky, you know, contract and 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 deciding to keep him and move forward with him, I think Matt Murray's an interesting story where he's a two two-time Stanley Cup champion, came in for a flurry uh, in in junctures of both cups and and was able to do it, but uh, you know since since then it's been a bit of a roller coaster for him. And I don't think he's made anybody feel any less queasy um, getting on the, getting on the uh, space mountain here with him. uh, that he's going to be able to pull it off. I think everybody's got a huge question mark there, or can he stay healthy through the playoffs? I mean, that's the other thing. If he was to be the guy, could he literally stay healthy? Uh, And and I I think Ilya Samsonov is the, is the guy. I think he's um, you know, he's put up the better numbers. I think he's, he's had the better run, especially had that great run at home. I think he's given you a little more um a, a little more substance for you to say I, if we're going to start let's start with the with this guy he, you know he's I think he's earned it so but it's still going to be a bit of a roller coaster ride but it's going to be like that for a lot of teams there's a lot of teams that don't have uh, the goaltending that they want to have you know very few teams you know have that stud in the net and uh, and Calgary thought they had one and look what happened there and Tampa Bay's got which they everyone thinks is the best goalie in the world and and he's had moments of where he's got a bit of uh, a bit of rust like, and, and maybe getting a bit tired. That team's played a lot of hockey in the last three, four years. And um, so uh, a lot to be told still. I think a lot of teams are going in with uncertainty in their net. Um, you know, you, you know, guys who haven't been there, like, look at, you know, Darcy Kemper. I mean, who? I mean, it's like, you know, you think, OK, Colorado's a great team. But, you know, in the net, do they have what it, that it takes? And then you until you do it, you don't know. And uh, so I think there's a lot of teams like that. Toronto is right in line with a lot of them. Uh, I I get that the Boston Bruin goaltender could be up for the Hart Trophy, certainly going to win the Vezina, uh, but he hasn't been through the grueling part of the playoffs yet, has he? And that's going to be a question that has to be answered still for a team that is going to win the President's Trophy running away. So, yeah, I mean, someone told me a couple days ago, and I've heard the line before, and I always chuckle when I hear it, that they shouldn't name the game goaltending, not hockey. And I said that last night on the broadcast because really does a lot of it come down to uh, you know your goaltending. Do they do they let in that goal that you're talking about, Nick? That one that he beats them. You I should have had that. That's one he's got to have, and and he you know he can't afford to let that in at that time. And you know uh, you know do you have that goaltender that is going to allow some goals, but the timing of the saves is what matters. Does he make the right saves at the right time to get your team wins in the playoffs? And uh, that's going to be something we're all going to find out.
2: One of the questions they're also grappling with is, you know, everyone has told the Leafs about defense. They're saying, Hey, you got to have eight guys. You got to have nine guys. Kip and I have talked about it. And I think it's kind of consensus. You go deep. You need a lot of good D-men. Problem for them now is they have a lot of good D-men who are asked to watch hockey games. Where do you stand on the importance of getting those guys involved? Does Connor Timmons need a game or two? Do you need Gustafson in for seven to nine games? Or can they just say, Hey, we think these are going to be our six guys in playoffs. So that's who we're going to run with.
5: I, I'm a believer when, when you hit that playoff and you've got those nine guys, there's going to be a depth chart, and the depth chart's going to be what it is. And it's up to the player when his number gets called to step in and not just not just have in the back of his mind Well, I haven't played in a month. He has in, the, he has in the back of his mind, I'm going to be nails today. And I'm not going to be the reason why um, we don't have the opportunity to win. And I don't want to be the reason why. So um, you know, I'm going to come in and I'm going to plug a hole and I'm going to I'm going to plug it as hard as I can and do the best that I can. And everyone around him is going to understand that he hasn't played a lot. Everyone around him is going to understand he hasn't had many reps. But at the end of the day, it speaks volumes for the player for the guy who steps in and just and just plays and just plays and uh, and even if he goes through a game and. You know, sometimes coaches will say this, and I, I always, like, I think that's such a smart thing. Just because you go through a game and you don't really do anything, you don't get anything, but you don't give anything, and you just break even, maybe that's just great for you. You know, you don't give anything to the guy across from you. You didn't get anything, but you didn't give anything. And every shift you go off, and that happens in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and you don't hurt your team, it is a good shift. And uh, games are going to be tighter, are going to be close. And uh, I agree with you guys. You need good 8-9 defenseman because – Man, the injury bug can bite you in one game, in a series. I mean, you could lose some key pieces. And if you don't have quality people to bring in, um, you know, and and you look over in the back in years gone and years ago when they brought guys in into the lineup that had significant, uh, uh, you know, differences for a team and helped them go on and win Stanley Cups. I mean, it it happens. And you just have to want to be that guy and not worry about what didn't happen, worry about what's going to happen.
0: Hey, Gary, lots of talk around here about uh, Austin Matthews playing the best hockey we've seen all season uh, and his turnaround and uh, that incredible performance where he got 15 shots on goal against the Canes. As someone that's played, what, close to 100 playoff games and you now start prepping to play against pure shooters like that in Ovechkin, when you know that that many many shots on goal uh, could be coming... Does that make it easier or harder to defend guys like Austin Matthews?
5: Well, definitely. Um, you assess a shooter um, by the by the uh, distance he can score from. You know, if you if you know a guy you know coming down is going to shoot from a certain distance, but he doesn't score a lot from there, then you're not as worried. You know, because you have a you have kind of a playbook in your head on a lot of on most guys, um, and you know the like you know you can you even know how they tape their stick. If you're in a corner battling with somebody. And you look down, you don't even have to look up. I can tell you by the way he tapes the stick, that's Austin Matthews I'm in the corner with, or it's, or it's, you know, bunting, or, you know, you get to know the players. You have this logbook in your head, and you assess situations as it happens. You know when Adam Oates is coming in with Cam Neely, you know chances are he's going to, you know, 95% of the time he's trying to pass it to Cam, or he's trying to pass it to Brett Hall. Is he a passer? Is he a shooter? When you have a guy like Austin Matthews, there is a plethora of, thing, plethora of things he can do. He has this incredible toolkit available to him where he can score in tight. He can score from far out. You know, he's got great vision. He's a solid passer. He's a big body. Although he doesn't go out running people, he is hard to knock off the puck. And when he gets a bit of edge on him and he plays with a bit of edge, he's even harder to play again. So he offers a whole bunch of things that uh, for a defenseman that you can't give him too much space but you can't you know you don't want, you don't want to give him too much space, but you can't not give him enough space because if you take try to take it away and he beats you, he makes you look bad. you know uh, I would say I would say that he's one of those guys you've got to have this circle perimeter that you draw around him and say, okay, if I can give him that much space, but no more than that, I'll have an ability to take it away a little quicker than I want to, but not give him as much as I want to give him, and hopefully push him to areas of the ice where he's not going to be as dangerous but He's dangerous all the time. As soon as he crosses your blue line, he's dangerous. So he's a guy that you're going to – he is going to get, you know, some points. He's going to get some goals. Um, but you've got to make his life miserable. And that's one thing that Austin has gotten used to is that he got to play against Chara a few times, and he got to know what that felt like to have a guy who was beating on you every shift. And a guy that's just sole purpose was, I'm just going to beat on you and beat on you and beat on you till you don't want to play anymore. And I think it's a good thing that he went through those things because that made him stronger and a little more metal in him. When he gets into a series now, he knows that that's the stuff he, uh, he, he he's going to have to fight through. Uh,
2: last one for me, Gary, um, just thoughts on the Boston Bruins, who can clinch the president's trophy tonight with tons of games left uh, their season. And basically, uh, do you see any flaws though? The winner of Toronto Tampa is likely going to get the Bruins. Do you see a way through for either team?
5: I, I am I'm so impressed with the Boston Bruins. Um, you know, I told you guys this maybe three or four times ago when I was on that, you know, the start of the season, I thought, you know, if anyone's going to have a down, you know, go down a bit, I thought it was going to be Boston. They had a lot of injuries they were dealing with. A lot of key players were out. I thought, you know, goaltending, I wasn't sure if they got off to a slow start, they got a brand new coach. Um, you know, I thought, man, this could, this could be a team that, you know, falls out of the playoffs. <laughs> that, shows you how, that shows you how smart I am. I mean, I, they just took off and a lot of teams in the East took off. Everyone in the East just kind of hit the ground running, and the West was in quicksand, and all of a sudden now the West is just taking off, and the East has kind of settled back a little bit. So I think uh, it's not as big a gap between East and West, but the Boston Bruins are certainly the the bell of the ball, so to speak. I think that um, they're going to be an extremely hard out. As I said earlier, if if Omark and and Swayman play the way they played all year, I think they're going to be a very difficult team to beat. Um, But... You know, it, 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 you know, you can, you know, you can draw a team like they could draw the Islanders in the first round. And, and the way their goaltending has been, which has been nails so that he could be up for the Vezina and a team that is a hardened team that's been in the playoffs and is not scared of anybody. That could be a real interesting matchup and right off the hop for Boston. They get the Islanders and, and the Islanders have been to the dance and they've been deep into the playoffs. They've got a lot of veteran players. They don't care. They're just going to come out and play their game and, so that would be a fun series to watch, but I, I I don't think any of the wild cards to me present any danger to the teams they're going to be playing. Uh, I just, I just don't see it at this point.
0: One last thought, because I know we got a few uh, Ottawa Senator fans out there, Gary, I'm watching them last night and I'm like, there might not be too many teams in the East that would like to face Ottawa in a first round.
5: Oh, oh. They, they play hard. You know, they love their coach, the coach, Uh, treats them right and makes them work hard. He keeps them accountable. Um, They've got a nice group of guys that care about each other. And you know that, you know, because you won a cup, Nick, you know, like when your guys care about one another, uh, it it makes you even stronger. Uh, Compression is huge. They got great compression there. Um, They haven't had the use of Josh Norris, which I think is going to be insane when they they get him into their lineup on a regular basis and he can stay healthy. I think it's going to be really, you know, really, really a step up for them there. Uh, Can they get the Brinkat signed and keep him? Because I think he's fit in really nicely. You know, Claude Giroux's had this renaissance year. He's been so, so good for them. And Brady Kachuk is the leader. I mean, they got to get their goaltending up on task because, you know, I know they've had injuries and stuff all year long. And and Matt Solgaard might be the goalie of the future, but you know, is he ready to step in and, and, and uh, from game one next year and, and take them into the playoffs and, and have a, and have a run at it. I, I don't know, but They are going to be a hard team to play against. It's the way DJ has them wired. And, um, you know, it's a shame they had that 4-9-1 November. I think they really never got back out of that. Um, And that goes to show you that, you know, you can't win the Stanley Cup or or get into the Stanley Cup playoffs in the first few months, but you certainly can fall out of it. And um, I think since the new year, since January, they probably have the second or third best record, maybe, in the National Hockey League. Uh, They had it going there pretty good for a while but they'd only really caught up to maybe three points and that shows you how hard it is to catch up when there's nights where three points are going out here, three points are going out there. So, uh, one month really did them in, but that's, that's a learning lesson that you can't just say, Oh, we had a bad month. You can't have bad months. You have to figure out a way to keep your bad months at 500, you know, six and six, you know, five, five and five and whatever, and four, whatever, but you got to keep those there. And then have your good months, and that will get you into the playoffs. A four, nine, and one month really does some significant damage.
0: They got eight games to go. They got to run the table, but it doesn't look promising. But what looks promising is uh, this shiny new toy for uh, the new owners next September.
5: Hey. Yeah, and I don't I know what you guys, but I mean, I'm hearing like, you know, over 900, 900, 900 million. Uh, are, you, are, you 900, of million. <laughs> are you out of it officially?
0: 16 million. What's that? Are you out of it officially?
5: Well, yeah. Just yesterday, I decided to take I to drop out. I was, like, I was right <laughs> in there. <I'm laughs> too crazy. Me too. <laughs> I made I made my first year. I made under a hundred thousand dollars a year playing in '84. <laughs> I mean, are you kidding me? I didn't build up no piggy bank for that. And, oh uh, boy! But uh, but man, I mean, I got to, I I I just I'm just like taken back, and now hearing that, you know, yeah, Le Breton Flats is a place that would be a great place to put an arena and well downtown, but. But there are some parts of these ownership teams that it's LeBreton Flats isn't the layup. They are looking at other places, other locations, and things. So, yeah, I guess it's exciting for Senator fans and to know that they're you know going to have uh, this kind of ownership and someone's going to invest this kind of money into this. And but uh, it's going to be fun to watch and uh, and and it's going to be a good team moving forward too. And I think the ownership groups that are looking at this they know that.
0: A bargain compared to the Washington Commanders. That's for Ooh-wee. sure. Six billion. Hey Gary, great stuff, man. Thanks for doing this.
5: Always a pleasure, guys. Take care and uh enjoy the enjoy the battles to the playoffs here in the next few yeah. weeks. Yeah, thanks, Gary. Yeah, we're looking it. forward
0: to having you on uh throughout the playoffs. Gary Galley. Hey, uh I found his uh answer really good on preparing like the play against a guy like austin matthews because i played against gary galli and yeah. cerebral right smart mm-hmm. intelligent played the percentages got to know your tendencies you get to know a player mm-hmm. right you, you got the book on him, yeah but come game one and game two man you start really locking in on guys that's when it gets to fun to watch for sure should be good all right Sammy, did we blow by the yeah, uh, third base uh, stop sign? Yeah, feud won't mind, boys. Okay. All good. We got Mike Feud after the break. We're going to take a, a quick break to uh, listen to these words and uh, come right back. Real Kipper and Bourne.
5: Big opinions and in-depth conversations covering the Leafs, Jays, Raptors, and the NFL. The J.D. Bunkins Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: This is Real Kipper and Bourne on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. We are in single-digit territory for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Nine games to go. Lots of prep work still going on, including ours on the Real Kipper and Bourne show. Sammy, we, we got our boy Mike Feuda Now, feuds...
4: Yeah, I'm just on the phone with uh, Gary Galley. He just called me. He wanted to run over some notes. <laughs> <laughs> you're the headliner, buddy. <laughs> I knew when I thought was going on before me, that I had at least 10 minutes extra time in the schedule <laughs> before you get.
0: So listen, during the break, you know, Justin looks at me, he goes, man, you're going like, what is it with you and with Austin? And I'm like, Well, what do you mean? There's nothing going on. He says, hey, it's an interesting weekend. He's playing awesome, and you're questioning 15 shots on goal. And I'm like, no, I'm not questioning it. I've just never seen it before. And you've been around the game a long time. Like, 15 shots on goal in one single game for anybody is off the charts, is it not?
4: Yeah, it's really, especially when you start to think about some of these games that you're looking in the third period and you're seeing a shot 17-15, like, overall. And you think that this kid put up 15 on his own, which is, uh, you know, I mean, I know Kipper, you've blown a lot of horns for, for but it it kind of coincides a little bit too with getting a little bit more ice time with number 16.
0: Uh, well, don't say that because everybody thinks I'm just like, you know, sucking up to Mitch Marner.
4: <laughs> well, I'll tell you right now, and, and I, I've never questioned anything about his, his have been in junior and stuff. And I, you know, in the playoffs, some of those chipping it in the crowd and stuff, but he is head above the MVP of this team this year. It's not even close, and uh, he's done it through a bunch of injuries. So it's almost like if you want to get somebody going, and no knock on Matthews, just throw sixteen with him, and they can hit a large bucket of balls with him, feed them the puck. But it was good to watch. It was good to watch. I mean, it's good. They're going to need all of them going. So you know, and now you slowly get O'Reilly back into the mix. You start to get closer to that series that you guys have been talking about for eight months
2: (laughs) yeah you know it is funny like since i don't know november or december we've had some sense it's going to be tampa bay but what we have perceived tampa bay as has changed over the course of the season like it was like you know for a long time was it doesn't matter what they do they're still tampa bay they still have vasilevsky but there's no doubt that the people who have said that are now kind of going but maybe but maybe they're a little softer than before
4: well I'll tell you what, on Saturday, it was like Saturday afternoon. It's unfortunate. It's like someone giving you a lobster and prime rib at 1 o'clock and then the rest of the day you get cheese and crackers (laughs) because that game itself was like kind of the bar being set for what those teams are able to do come playoff time when they turn it up a notch. And uh, and it still was some pretty key key pieces missing. I mean, you throw Felino into that mix, he's going to be back. And if Taylor Hall is healthy with the Bruins. And obviously, I think... You've got to look at Toronto and say, can they match up and play that style? I don't think that's their best interest um, to do that, but they have become a lot grittier uh, on the back end. And again, I think that if Tampa Bay throws that style of game at them, I think their power play has just got to take them out of the out of it. And I mean, obviously, the one thing we've talked about a lot with Tampa Bay is the one thing the least 100%, you know, I still think they lose the goaltending battle Um Uh, The forwards are kind of a bit of a wash and the Tampa has the elite, but I like the depth on Toronto's, on the Toronto's out on the back end. But if you look at that whole, that whole style of play, they've played so much more hockey than the Leafs that if they can, you know, I don't expect the first game to be five, nothing, but if they can sow some seeds of doubt early in that series and take a, you know, get up early, I don't know whether Tampa Bay should have it in the tank to come back on a team with Toronto that's, should be fresh and should not in any way like if it's an if it's a war they, they, they got to they've got to outlast Tampa Bay I would think they should be much fresher and much deeper to be able to take them out in the series
0: we're talking to Mike Feuda, former NHL executive now working on Sportsnet as an analyst uh, you just mentioned uh, right off the top that uh, you need all of them going so who isn't and and what's what's Sheldon Keefe's mandate here in the next nine games
4: Get your D pairings down where there's a comfort level. I mean, uh, I, I kind of see what up front when he's got to do a little bit of that because obviously Ryan O'Reilly is going to be such a big picture of what he, whatever he's got in mind for where he's going to slot in that you're going to have to juggle some stuff around with the forwards because there's such a key piece that's not available to him. But I really think there's got to become some stability with what you want in the pairings on the back end and realize who's actually going to be that seven guy. I mean, I think – You could get yourself into a bit of trouble if you start playing a little bit too many mind games with, you know, this is the group, this is the pairings we're going to go on the road, this is the ones we're going to be at home. It looks like they're going to have home ice advantage, which is obviously going to be critical. But get your pairings down. Um, Get, I I think, if you want to rest a couple forwards, do whatever you want. I think they've got home ice, but you've just got to get, especially the back end, there's got to be some more consistency to the pairings and some more comfort level with who's going to be against who and and figure out who your goalie is. I mean, it's amazing that at this time of year, there's so many teams. And that was what I was looking at today. I've got to go on Hockey Central tonight. And we were talking about how many teams started the season with this picture of what their goaltending was going to be like. And now you see the Edmonton Oilers kicking out Skinner. And you've got the Los Angeles Kings on a roll with Coop Corposalo and Phoenix Copley. I mean, and Jonathan Quicks, the starter in Vegas. It's just that now here we are, nine games left, and there's still discussion as who's coming out of the game to start for the Leafs. And I I don't personally don't think it should be a a question, but the fact that it is, is quite interesting.
2: You know, the, the one other line of thing that stands out to me is like, if Matthews and Marner are going to play together, that means Tavares and Nylander are going to be together. And they haven't, they've had runs of play that have been uninspiring. Do you think they get Ryan O'Reilly or would you rather see O'Reilly play down the lineup?
4: I'd like to see O'Reilly in the three spot in the playoffs. Um, And if it gets down to a crunch, I mean, the one thing that we know, Sheldon, uh, he's done a little bit more of this, but when it gets playoff time, that bench gets shortened in a hurry. And that'll be a big, uh, for me, will be a big thing to watch, whether I personally think sometimes it happens a little early because he's got such high-end power. I think that especially now with the depth, and you don't want to take anything from Ryan O'Reilly, but I think him in the three-hole just matches up so wonderfully for them. And then he can slide up and play with them when he has to shorten the bench. And, again, it's going to come down to discipline. But I just like the three-down-the-middle uh, look. I mean, they might have something completely different on their mind. I know they were really tampering or t- tinkering with stuff early. Um, I just think it matches up well with Tampa's depth down the middle. And then you're going to have to count on some wingers to start hammering in some goals and, and guys like bunting you know, getting consistently back to their game where, like, I think he's somebody who can really, if he does it properly, and hopefully he's learned by now, can really get under some of the the depth guys on Tampa Bay if he stays disciplined and draws penalties instead of taking penalties. So it'll be interesting, but I like the three down the middle, Barney.
0: If you go three down the middle, feuds is there a chance that you lose uh, David Camp for a little bit?
4: You know what? It, it, <laughs> some of these guys, I mean, if you told me, that Yarncroc was going to be, you know, somebody that was going to be sliding in in the, in the first group, I would be thinking you're nuts too. So there's certain, I think you've got to give up the look of the, you've got to give a look of how the painting looks on the wall. And some guys have actually developed some chemistry and it might not look as as power top at the at the top, but there is a chemistry that started to evolve and, and start to go with there. It's almost like you're going in twos, right? You're, you've got two guys that are really playing with chemistry amongst each other and slotting the third in along with it. And at this time of year, I mean, Landers had his, he's had a great season, right? And, he's, you know, he's obviously the last, looked a little bit more lethargic late. And you just hope that he's getting ready to crank it up for the playoffs because he's actually pretty good in the playoffs last year. But th- there's no time for any of these top guys to be slumping. I mean, if, I mean, everybody knows what's at stake. Everybody knows that this is a team that should, they, they really truly should find a way to beat Tampa this time around. I mean, they're, I think they're the better team. I think they're now the deeper team. And I think they've got enough gun power that Vasilevsky, unless he just completely stands on his head, shouldn't, or barring any critical injuries, shouldn't be able to take him out. And uh, it, it'll be fun to watch. But, I mean, you got to think this team's got it they've got way more depth than Tampa does now. Yeah um,
2: you know, keeping it in Canada, but looking out West, uh, I'm sure one of the games you guys are going to be talking about tonight, Edmonton has Vegas tonight. They, um, you know, they're five points behind Vegas. They got Vegas tonight and they got the Kings two of the next three after that Vegas and the Kings are the teams ahead of them. Do you think it's important that they catch one of those teams? Do you think it's even possible that they do?
4: I, tonight's it'd be easier after tonight to yeah. see. I mean, Jonathan, Jonathan quicks already, he's always played them really well. This, uh, going back to last year in the playoffs but I mean they played last night I've I've been trying to figure out a little bit with I thought there's a bit of a strange rotation going on with like like Quickie got put in really late with I think uh Thompson got hurt against Calgary and he went and closed it out and I kind of thought we'd see him the next night and they kind of I think they went in with Brissot um at the following game so I mean I'm sure Quickie'll get this call tonight and I mean, obviously that offense is capable of lighting anybody up, but I, I think that's one of those divisions very similar to the Carolina division that that first getting that top seed is so important. I don't like the Edmonton-Los Angeles matchup. Um, but that being said, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of Vegas' ball to play with, so to speak. I mean, they've been playing very well as a team. They probably... As far as defensive cores, you know, you look at them and probably Carolina and the Rangers and the Bruins and say those are probably the deepest set of defensemen. Um, if you're going to have a goaltender that's, you know, having a little bit of a subpar year, although Quick has been awesome since he got there, but this will be a big test against the others. But I think it's critical that that top seed in that division is going to be such a different ride. Anyway, it's not going to be easy, but it's such a different look than than the first round matchup you're going to get if you don't get it.
0: Speaking of L.A., I, I thought they would have folded by now. With when you left them, but yeah, me too. But that—that's that, yeah. not the case. Are, are you surprised <laughs> that they've put themselves, you know, from September, October to today, into a position where we can honestly look at this team and say, yeah, they—they they can contend now.
4: Well, they're very deep, and I will give my friend, uh, Mark Canetti. I mean, obviously, uh, there's still some players that are very proud that I was responsible for drafting there that have come around, like Tempe and a lot of the d core. But Mark and his staff have provided a lot of bullets uh, for Blakey over this over this rebuild tenure and you've got to give him credit. I mean, it's not so much – I mean, obviously, it took a lot of nads to make the quick trade, right, and it's filled holes. Corpasalo and, and uh, Gavrikov have gone in and did a wonderful job. But, I mean, you got to tip your cap for the Fiala fit. You know, he's added a couple of other players along the ways that you know have allowed him to kind of filter that youth in. Now, you know, Biefeld, who's kind of like forever, it's like how you pay, you know how you pass on Stutzler for Biefeld, and you might still be able to make, but you're starting to see what Biefeld's starting to evolve into with his size as he grows into his body, and and they're a hard team to play against, and you got to give Todd McClellan because there's a buy-in, and what you're starting to see now is for. A couple years there, you know, Drew Gowdy was off because he just hates to lose. And now you're starting to see the fire burn again there. Kopitar's always had it. So it's almost like there's a couple teams now that you look at Kipper that really you see Boston evolve around that core and take another shot with that core, right? Like with the Marshawn group since their cup time. And then you see some of these, you know, Chicago was able to build around that core and come back and still be competitive. Now there's obviously a fall off, but that was our kind of our core when we won. Obviously, some great leaders, but they've been able to draft well and, and now come back. Well, that core still is not past their prime and take another shot at it. And the West is wide open. I mean, I'm still in awe that you would start a season with Jonathan Quick and Cal Peterson and somehow find a way to come out with Phoenix Copley and Corpus Salo and be up for the division championship. But you just got to tip your cap because they've played very well around those guys. And again, it's not like you're looking at them saying, you know, if like Phoenix Copley, these guys are starting, Like these teams are in critical positions. Like Edmonton, in a season you have to win, and you got a guy making his first start in the playoffs, right? I believe, anyways, it's Skinner's first start. And there's so many guys hinging unproven goaltenders that really, really need success. And it's been a strange year goaltending-wise. But tip your hat to the, to the guys there in L.A. because there's a strong group that he's done a lot of that stuff without getting rid of some of the bullets that are still that are still very valuable in the organization below that if they want to you know add some talent down the road they're they're very deep. Well,
2: and tonight feats they play the former head coach of the Los Angeles Kings and the Calgary Flames. Look at this flame situation. I just they won't go away. Like it's not because they've been winning a ton or anything, but they're four points out of a playoff spot. They got eight games left, but they're going to play the Winnipeg Jets, the team they're chasing. You know, do you give them any chance here to to still find a way to squeak in?
4: Well, in spite of themselves, yes. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like I said, I mean, I pick these guys. I apply at an Anthony Stewart-like pick and taking them to almost win the Pacific. It's one of those ones you kind of want to run away from. Yeah. But I looked at those trades and thought, Brad did a magical job keeping them viable. And some guys, you know, I don't think, I think Daryl's, you know, kind of struggled <laughs> getting this group on board um, with his style of play some of those players will never be able to play that style of play. And it's, it's so Oh Markstrom, but that, that being said, like, I mean, here we now we are talking about, it's almost a microcosm of their season, right? Now you've got this tiny and I don't know him the way I know nice, but you've got this guy that you've been recruiting your own top pick. That's coming out of the States. And there's not a chance he's going to be in the lineup uh, until, you know, I, I just don't think Daryl's going to change that lineup until they're officially in or they're officially out as far as giving a, uh, the kid uh, Coronado a chance to play, and it's uh, it's just been a very strange season. <laughs> I like their chances a lot better if Tanev gets back in there. Uh, he seems to be the thermometer as far as their level of warriorhood, if that's even a term. But uh, it, it's still there for the taking. I mean, it's basically now. I don't. I, I don't think Nashville. I think now without their their injuries, I don't think they're a real threat unless Char- Saros goes nuts. But it's basically now who's going to come back into form quicker Hellenbach or Marstrom, and the guys around it have to you know there's a couple guys in winnipeg that are you know when they look at the finish line they know they're not going to be the like winnipeg jets much longer so how much do they want to dig in and calgary's got to capitalize on that because there's there's been a lot invested in a group that's kind of very been very underwhelming for the entire season so hopefully they can catch lightning in a bottle and and play hard here down the stretch, but they can't lose the teams that are below them in the, in the Bedard suite stakes. And they got to find a way to steal a couple against games teams that, I mean, if you can't get up for LA tonight, they got absolutely washed last week. And I think it was in LA. I mean, I stayed up at 10:30 at night and it was six, one by 10:45. <laughs> you You should be, you should be, if you got any pride, you should be ready for this game tonight. Cause they humiliated you last week. And you is, should certainly be ready to bring your A game.
0: Is it just too easy to say, well, uh, Jonathan Hubero is just not a Daryl Sutter guy.
4: Yeah, I don't think so, Kipper. I mean, but he isn't. I mean, that's fair enough. You but kinda, can they still
0: but, find a way to make it work? Can there still be some magic down the stretch here? Between the two of them? Yes. Magic? No 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 shot. <laughs> no.
4: I'm not quite right. Hey, you know Daryl
0: better than the rest of us. You well, tell Darryl's
4: us going do Daryl's gonna do whatever he can to get the best out of Jonathan Huberto over the best of the most two weeks. He needs something out of him for this team to win. And Daryl's notably been a guy that pushes the right buttons down the stretch to get the most out of everybody. And you're just not seeing that with this group and whether, you know, that's something that has to be addressed at the end of the year. I mean, if I'm Jonathan Huberto, it's one thing to say, well no, you know, I didn't like Daryl you know, ever calling him out early in the season. And, you know, he went from the best passer in the history of the franchise to, you know, he's going to take a crap in the middle of the game or something. And it's kind of gone up and off and the rails and stuff like that. But Jonathan Huberto's got to be a lot better, regardless of who the coach is. I mean, and more accountable. And he's obviously a very well liked teammate, but down the stretch, he'd do, even if he wants to be moved, he'd be doing his best services by finishing strong and showing the other teams out there or showing his own teammates that he's worth the 10-5 or whatever schmill that he's getting starting next year. Like, you gotta, you got to – the criticisms sometimes have been a little too harsh, and he doesn't handle it the way, say, a Justin Williams or a Mike Richards could handle it. But the bottom line is you've got to bring a game that shows that you're worthy of your money, and that's been a problem as well, not just the coach.
0: Well, they're certainly on the clock, man. Hey, future great stuff,
2: as always.
4: Thanks, Kipper. Appreciate thanks, it. Jutes. Thanks, Barney. I dropped your book off with my parents there, buddy. They're excited. Aw, uh, thanks, uh,
2: pal. Appreciate the support. Okay, thanks very much, guys. Take Mike care. Futa.
0: Stanley Cup champion with the LA Kings. Uh,
2: West Her Race. For an analyst for Sportsnet. Uh, West Race is exciting. It's a bit of a rock fight. It's a bit of a <laughs> it's pillow so fight. so true. <laughs> uh,
0: how's your uh, Owen Soundboy in LA?
2: Jersey?
1: Uh, yep. He's good. They're good. Yeah, but. they're good.
2: Like... You know yesterday two people came on and volunteered LA as a dark horse cup fave. <sighs> Not fave. Dersey, he's
1: he'll always be my son
2: that got away. <laughs> and then they he came all the way to Toronto and
1: he got booed because he got slashed in the head by Pierre Angval and really booed him.
2: First, <laughs> <laughs> his first trend. here turned it down. Yeah, you brutal. mentioned
1: um Quentin
0: Byfield and mm. uh just taking him over Stutzel. Yeah. God, I how that, much? I forgot that happened. How much uh, upside still there for Byfield? I think three goals, maybe four this so season. Is, yeah,
2: it's tough, right? Like I understand that they want the big presence. If you can get that big guy who's also very good and effective, I understand why people want that. But Stutzler's just electric. He's one of the one of the most exciting players to watch in the league. Imagine that team there with, with added him to it. I know it's.
1: Yeah. Byfield, yeah, he's got uh, 21 points in 44 games this year with three goals and 18 assists. Yeah, it's the risk of,
2: yeah, you know, and plenty of, what's he, 20, 21 years old, the big he's body. 20, he's he, 20 years old. 20, like he may come into it. He,
0: will he just be a solid 6-9 to nine player? Can he? Well, Stutzer the scores 40 for the next 10 years. They're supposed to be, in, in top five, you're supposed to get face of a franchise piece top yeah. five yeah and i don't know if there's going to be a, a day where we look at uh by field and say there's a point of game guy or there's there's the guy that's going to slide in there one day for kopitar
2: yeah well and i imagine that's what you hope right like you you think of all the skill guys who put up points and you say that's fine we didn't want that we wanted the playoff style guy who's going to be there and i believe he does he play center i know he's wing this year with he's them center but like, you know, if they Natural get a, you know, like you mentioned, a kopitar type replacement, they'd feel pretty good about it. It's tough to see it happening at this point, but six
1: five, two twenty.
2: You know, like if he can score seventy points at that size, is that as effective as Stutzla getting a hundred? I don't know. Yeah. Um It'd be nice if
1: the two teams battling for the final playoff spot weren't both from Canada.
2: Yeah. I was right, you can't leapfrog There's, Seattle. Love to see Seattle. LA scare you for
0: Edmonton in the first round?
2: Does big, big time. time, yeah, big time, yeah. And I, I like Edmonton. I've been, I feel like I have been the most vocal Oilers so- supporter possible this year. But definitely some fear. Oilers aren't quite handling business the way I'd like to see them of late either. So they're pretty flawed squad. Yeah, and D is still a little sus, and the goaltender is a little sus too.
0: All right, we're not uh, we're not done by a long shot. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to have Eric uh, Erlinson who works for uh, Tampa Bay uh lightninginsider.com we're going to get his thoughts on what the heck is going on there this is this is much more than just a regular hey they're saving it for the playoffs <laughs> something's going on yeah. in Tampa Bay and we're going to get his thoughts on it after the break including uh, some thought in the uh, when we come back on uh uh golf brooks oh yeah brooks did Brooksy. you see brooks uh, uh Kepka yeah. in well, the in the stands.
1: Living in chirping person. Chirping yeah, at Blad. Wearing a uh, jumpsuit with no shirt underneath. Okay. Holding the velour. <laughs> Holdin we're we're going to dig into that.
0: Uh, also, Matthew Nice. I Nyes. guess that's what I'm saying, Brooksy. <laughs> Matthew <laughs> hey. Nyes. We're going to turn this uh, back into Toronto a little bit. Matthew Nyes. They're in the final four. Mm-hmm. Minnesota's still in it. As Leaf fans await. But... Not off to a great start.
2: Statistically, anyway.
0: Statistically, but maybe physically as well. Right. We'll give give you an update on that after the break. You are watching and listening to Real Kipper and Born after these words. We're back.
3: Smart takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis. Subscribe and download the show on Apple,
5: Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Toronto Maple Leafs gearing up for the Florida Panthers tomorrow night. In the meantime, we watch around the league, continue to wonder what's going on with the Tampa Bay Lightning.
2: Answers coming, I believe.
0: All right, we're going to welcome in uh, Eric uh, Erlinson in a few minutes, but, uh... uh Futes talked about uh, the goalie situation in Toronto. We know mm. what the goalie situation is. <laughs> Did you ask off the air who's their backup in Tampa Bay? Did you really ask that? What? No. Oh, I thought you were,
2: were you <laughs> joking. What are you talking about? When? What? Tampa Bay. Yes. Yeah, so who who it is? Oh, I see. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, right? I legitimately was like, I think it's Brian Elliott. Yes, exactly. Is it Curtis McIlhenny still? Who's
0: been around forever. <laughs>
2: I see. Yes. Yes.
0: And you're like because we know yes that sink or swim. He's no matter game. how bad Vasilevsky is, you know who's going to be yeah. game one. That's it. And here's Futes with the the Leafs with uh, nine games to go, and he's still questioning who the starter is going to be for the Toronto yeah. Maple Leafs. Concerning. Okay. As promised, Eric uh, will join us now. Eric, how are you, pal?
6: I'm good, gentlemen. How are you today?
0: Hey. No time for, like, warmness here on, on the real Kipper and Borton show. What, what is going on with Tampa Bay? Well, what are they trying to pull over us? They want us, they want us to be- really believe that the Leafs are going to sweep them in the first round. We've, been, we've seen this act before, Eric.
6: Wait, wait, wait. Are, are you trying to start the playoff banter now? Is that what we're trying to do here? No. <laughs> we're trying to figure out
0: what's wrong with them and what, what, what are we missing here?
6: Um, you know what I honestly think it is. I think it's mental fatigue. You know, you, you think about the level you have to be at on a consistent basis and the amount of hockey that this team has played in the last three years. Uh, you know, they just finished a stretch of 19 games in 33 days. That is a ton of hockey, uh, at this time of the year, when your body's already kind of worn down and beat up and you add into the, the number of games that they played, because if you look at, at the way some of the, these results have gone, the mistakes are just, they're just mental mistakes. You know, they had a game where Mikhail Sergeyev had no idea. The uh, guy was three steps behind him for a breakaway. He had no idea when the puck was lobbed over his head. You know, you don't see that. We've seen pucks go through Andre Vazilevsky. Pucks don't go through Andre Vazilevsky. Uh, and, and it's kind of epidemic uh, throughout the entire team. So their engagement level hasn't been where it's needed to be. Their compete level hasn't been where it's needed to be. And, and that's what's been missing over this last stretch. Now, having said all that you're right this is a playoff tested team they know the level they have to be at it's just now a question with eight games remaining can they pull themselves back up to be ready for that level once you get to the first game
2: yeah and that's one of the the question marks i think when when toronto fans look at tampa they go okay well maybe their depth is a little different or not quite as good but boy it looks to me like brandon Hagel's had a very nice season there Uh, nick paul's been a contributor colton's pretty good like they still have a lot of really nice depth pieces don't they
6: they do, and uh, you know we haven't seen production yet from Tanner Jeannot or, or Mikey Asamontz uh, as of yet. But those are two guys they brought in to kind of help add to that depth a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, I mean, you don't have Yanni Gord, Barclay Goodrow, and uh, Blake Coleman. I mean, that was a fantastic line in, in those two Cup years, uh, which they won. So they, they've taken a hit that wise. Um, you know, Corey Perry's you know taken a is, is another year slower. Pat Maroon is another year slower. Pierre Edward Belmar is another year slower. So they've been kind of bogged down a little bit on, on the bottom lines. But, you know, they still got top-end talent. You know, Brayden Point's knocking on the door of a 50-goal season. And, you know, Nikita Kucherov is, is having a, a great season. It's kind of getting overlooked a little bit. Steven Samkos is having a good season. You mentioned Hagel. He's been better than expected this year playing with those top guys. It's just a question of can you get Nick Paul to be the guy who scored two goals in Game 7 against Toronto last year? Can he be that guy on a more consistent basis? Can Ross Colton, you know, step up and, and add some some offense here? Uh, once you get to the postseason as well. They're, they're still a deep team, but they're not as deep as they were, and I think other teams have caught up to them with their depth.
0: We're talking to Eric uh, Erlinson from Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, insider.com. uh Eric, all the depth that we speak of is always mentioning with forwards. We don't really mention depth on the blue line here. How much do they miss Ryan McDonough?
6: Oh, massive, massive hole, Kipper, massive hole. You can't lose a guy who played the type of minutes that Ryan McDonough did and the quality of his play during those minutes and not feel the loss. And believe it or not, they miss Jan Ruda because Jan Ruda knew how to play alongside Victor Hedman. It's it's not easy to play alongside a guy like Victor because of the way he plays and, you know, how much ice he can cover and the way he sees and feels the game. Jan Ruta was a perfect partner for Victor Hedman. We're eight games into the season and they still haven't the found a guy who's gonna be consistently next to Victor Hedman. So yeah. The depth on the back end has taken a big blow. You miss the leadership. Uh, you miss the quality of minutes from Ryan McDonough. There's no way you can replace those. As good as Ian Cole has been for a good portion of this year, he's not Ryan McDonough. Nobody really is Ryan McDonough. And uh, you know that's the one area I thought maybe Julian Breezeball would would address when we got to the trade deadline was maybe add to the defensive depth, uh, but they went for the two forwards instead. You
2: mentioned that they had played 19 games in 33 days. I read that they hadn't had more than one day off in a row going back to sort of mid-February. You know, now things slow down a little bit for them. They'll have some gaps in their schedule. I know they have, uh, I think it's Carolina tonight, but they're going to have some schedule gaps. Do you think with a little bit of chance to recharge and refresh that this is a situation of they still have the guys who've made them great, that they will be able to be that closer to that team than the one who's lost four in a row here?
6: Yeah, I, I think so. You know, they, they had, you know, they actually came home They're in the middle of a four game trip, but they came home after the Boston game. It was an afternoon game on Saturday, so they came home, got to spend a day, you know, with their families on Sunday, practiced yesterday, and flew out. Uh, they got two home games coming up this weekend, and they got three days, three days off, like between games. It's going to feel like a, a mini vacation compared to what they've kind of gone through here the past month. So I, I think it does give that opportunity to understand what they've gone through, uh, how difficult a stretch that was, but to get the, the, the rest, not just physically, but to just get away from the game for a couple of days. You're going to have a charity event uh, next week. That's uh, usually a good time, you know, for the players to be involved into. So, yeah, I, I think that they can, um, you know, it's, uh, it's just a question of, uh, you know, matched up against Toronto again, in the first line, the first round, can you get to that level that you need to, to, you know, look at another long playoff run? I mean, they Three straight trips to the Stanley Cup final. It's, uh, it's unheard of in today's game. Um, you know, they were able to do it, uh, but that is a lot of high, intense hockey uh, that kind of takes some mental fatigue out of you. So that's the thing to look for. Here in the last eight games is if they can find some of that consistency. They were very engaged in that game Saturday against the Bruins. They faced six power plays in the opening 14 minutes of the game uh, to, you know, to push through and didn't get the result they wanted. But that's, it's a building block for them. that they got to have, you know, kind of take another step forward here tonight against Carolina.
0: Hey, Eric, where's the John Cooper factor in all of this? Because uh, one of the better coaches, right? I mean, over the the last 10 years, uh, record speaks for itself. But is there a lot of sympathy coming from him on 19 out of 33 nights? Or does he look at uh, his his bench and go, I want more accountability. I'm benching more guys here. Is he at his best or worst right now? If I ask the players. (laughs)
5: Well, oh, for
6: the players, they give you a much different perspective, right? Um, I, I think, uh, I don't think he's at a point where he's going to, you know, sit down guys, bench him for, for some play. Obviously that kind of caught the team's attention back at the beginning of March at the start of the stretch. But I think he does understand what 19 and 33 means. Right. And, and they got plenty of opportunities. You know, there weren't, wasn't much practice in the past month. There just wasn't because there wasn't time. Um, you know, they would use their morning skates as their practice time. And, you know, they were just trying to give the guys as much rest, trying to balance that with, with trying to correct errors. I think the one thing, if you're John Cooper and the coaching staff you're looking at, is they've given up seven goals three times since the All-Star break. That's the area that probably has them the most concerned, uh, that they want to, you know, kind of tie in and, and, and get things uh, reined in in that capacity. So I, I think he's more with them and understanding what they've gone through than trying to, you know, you know, crack the whip a little bit here. Uh, but he he's, in his 10 years, I think that's the one thing that, You know, you really figure out about John Cooper, he knows how to manage his players, right? Like he has that rapport with them that he can be stern uh, without being forceful, right? They get the message across, but in a way that's not, you know, tearing guys down. He's very good at that. Uh, So I, I think he's more with them in this aspect than he is trying to put them down.
2: You know, I'm I'm trying to get a sense for the depth that Tampa has and some of the names I'm not as familiar with. Uh, Nicholas Purvix is a rookie. I I believe he's had a good season um, by all accounts. He's paired up with Hedman right now. Tell us a little bit about him and, um, you know, how he is compared to, well, I'm not going to compare him to McDonough, but names we wouldn't know as well in Toronto. You,
6: you, You know what? He's probably the way he's played this year think anton Strawman. that's okay. kind of the style of game that that perbix will play because he's very poised and, and you know it's hard to teach poise with the puck uh, an understanding he's got a really good head for the game um he's been up and down the lineup like everybody else he's played with mikhail surgachev he's played with victor head but he's you know they've been trying to find these right combinations uh, for the deep pairing uh, another one of these late round picks that the lightning seem to find he spent 4 years uh, at st cloud state uh, you know, really brought his game offensively. Uh, wasn't really known as that when he was drafted, um, you know, his draft year, but kind of found his game there. Was a part of uh, Team USA at the Olympics last year uh, in, in China. So, you know, he's kind of steadily built his game up. And, you know, he's uh, he's really been a find in terms of what he's been able to do for this team this year in that they didn't know what the right side was going to look like beside, you know, besides Zach Lagosian and Eric Chernak. You know, they brought in Philip Myers. Um, you know, he didn't pan out and he spent most of the year down in Syracuse. We'll see where he fits in, you know, once the regular season ends. Uh, but Perbix has just been a steady, steady presence and a surprise to kind of help, uh, you know, give some depth that blue line that they weren't sure that they had. You think you know, especially players coming out of college, but until you put them in that pro environment, how they're going to adapt. And he's been really, really good on that aspect and earn himself a quick contract extension.
0: You mentioned goals that we've watched going on. Vasilevsky goals that you're just not used to seeing through him. Uh, eight games left, including tonight against Carolina. What is the sense on Vasilevsky's scheduling from here on end to get himself ready for Game One? Is it to play as many games as he can to play himself out of this? Is it to practice? Is it to give him a couple of days off? How does he prep himself?
6: He, um, you know, he is a guy that they have to rein in and, and he's learned to understand that because he wants to work all the time and it's, uh, it's difficult. It can be difficult to kind of, you know, wear yourself down at this level. Uh, so he, he's more of a guy he wants, he, if you asked him to play every game, he would do it. But I, I think there's a balance there. Um, you want him to kind of get his game in line for sure because he is the most important piece on this roster, but you don't want to, you know, go too far with it, right? Uh, I think with eight games left, I'd say he probably gets five of those. Uh certainly he'll get the you know, the, 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 the finale against Detroit, the home finale, uh most certainly. They got the three days off next week. There's a back to back in New York next week as well. But I would imagine Vazquez gets three of the uh or five of the final eight starts just to kinda, you know, get him back on track a little bit and uh, you know, maybe get into some more chemistry with his, with his defense because there's been a lot of breakdowns here in the last uh, three, four weeks or so in terms of their defensive structure. So I think you want to get all that in line as you look ahead to uh, the middle of April.
2: You know, we're looking at the the guys who make Tampa Bay go. I see Stamkos is uh, only at 30 goals this season, but Kucherov, my goodness, these numbers, 102 points, his penalty differential too. I think he's drawn like 30 more than he's taken. You mentioned a quiet sort of unbelievable season. Like this guy's going to get hard trophy votes this year.
6: Yeah, he's been, it's it's gone unnoticed in a lot of ways, really. Um, You know, especially with the year Connor's had in Edmonton, he's been so great. Uh, all year long uh you know that i think kucherov's assists in particular kind of get overlooked a little bit uh but he's just kind of quietly gone about his business and you know it, it, he'll have an off night but then you turn up and you look and he's got to a couple of assists on the board and uh, that's just kind of what his game is he's not um you know I, i've used this comparison in, in terms of trying to compare players in the game Connor mcdavid will wow us when you watch him at live speed Nikita Kucherov wows you when you watch it on replay hmm. because of the subtle little things that he can do in his game uh, that make you go, how did he do that? And you have to go back and look at it. Or did he really do that? Because you've got to see it in slow-mo sometimes to figure it out. You know, I think back to an assist he had in the bubble playoffs against the Islanders where at center ice he just kind of subtly turns over a stick just enough to ramp a puck, puts it right on the, the, the stick of Braden Point, ends up being a goal. It's those type of little things uh, in his game that make you go, wow, did I just see what I had to see? You know, did, did my mind play tricks on me? And and that's what he's done. So he's just got that quiet confidence and greatness to his game that, you know, probably gets overlooked a little while, but, you know, you, you look up at the end of the season. Like, this is his third 100-point campaign, right? And and I don't think, uh, you know, he's probably not getting enough credit for the type of season offensively that he's had.
0: One more for me before we let you go, uh, Eric, and that is that when – when when Tampa Bay traded for Hagel, he's not a guy that we knew a lot of, but there was tremendous upside uh, when they gave up a couple of first rounders. And we're seeing it right now, playing with yep. uh, Point and, and Kucherov. And then there's this Tanner Janot who they gave up a ton of, but I don't think we'll ever expect to see Tanner Janot uh, on a top line, maybe flirting with 30 goals. I could be wrong, but I don't think it's lending towards there. Where has that worked out for them so far? And, you know, if you're Leaf fans, do I need to worry about this guy coming in and, and scaring the crap out of uh, my team?
6: Well, he, he can be an intimidating figure. There's no doubt about it. That You know, I had that fight with uh, Riley Stillman in Buffalo a couple of weeks ago where he just gave him a, a tremendous right hook uh, and, and dropped Stillman right away. I think that caught oh, a lot saw of attention.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
6: Yeah, and then like a couple of games later, there was an incident against the Flyers where Hagel delivered a hit. It was a clean hit, but we know you know sometimes guys like to answer for those hits, and uh, they, a couple of guys skated in Hagel's direction. Tanner Gino you know, took two strides, and everybody dispersed. So you have that type of mentality with with him in your lineup. Um, he's probably not the 24 goal guy he was last year, but I don't think he's the five goal guy either. He's still trying to find his way here. And understand exactly what his role is and where he fits in. He's been kind of up and down the third and fourth lines here a little bit. So no, you're not going to get the type of return that you that you're seeing already from Brandon Hagel. Uh, but he is a guy that can put the puck in the net. He is a guy that can intimidate. He's physical. He can be very physical. And the one thing that struck me the first time we had a chance to talk to him, you know, especially him being in the Western Conference, his upper body. He is really, really built in his upper body, and you can understand where that physical style of play comes from because he's a strong, strong man. Uh, and, um, you know, they're hoping, if uh, especially if things shake out, if you put a, a line together that has Nick Paul, Ross Colton, and, and Jano on it, that's two guys that have scored 20 goals in this league. Nick Paul's on the, on the verge of hitting the 20-goal mark this year. Um, you know, that can check as well. So that, they're trying to gain that identif- uh, identity in the third line that they've been missing since Goodrow and Coleman. Uh, and if those, those three can combine to do it, then that could be a difference maker in a series if they can kind of chip in some offense.
2: Last question for me, Eric, just the Tampa Bay Lightning are first in the NHL in penalty minutes. How much do you anticipate them making that a part of the style of game they play against the Leafs in the in the first round?
6: They better not. <laughs> that power play will burn them. Yeah. I mean, you can't put that power play on the ice too often because they're, you know, their penalty kill has been good at times this year and their penalty kill has been, you know, bad at times this year. Uh, and if, if you're going to keep tempting fate and, and put that least power play for sure, they'll try and intimidate a little bit because, you know, talk to Brian Engblom all the time. He talks about that intimidation is still a part of this game, uh, but you, you can't, you can't cross a line, right? You, you can go right up to the line, but the minute you start putting that least power play on, on, uh, on the ice, you're going to put yourself in a world of danger because there's only so much you can do to hold them off the board. They're so good with the way they work to the puck and, you know, that release that Matthews has and Marner is such a magician with the puck and, and the things that he can do. Uh, they'll, they'll want to test those waters a little bit, but you got to be really, really careful because uh, you don't want to lose this series because you took too many penalties.
0: Here's Eric Erlinson from the lightninginsider.com dot com. Hey, uh, Eric. Really appreciate your uh, insight into the Tampa Bay Lightning and what they're going through right now as they get ready real soon to right, start Game One.
6: It. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll uh, we we'll hear a lot of each other here in the co- next couple of weeks, boys.
0: For sure, Eric. Thanks for joining us. Take care.
6: Thanks so hey. much. Talk soon.
0: Tanner, you Genot, know, I think, is a uh, restricted free agent. You wouldn't give up all those draft picks for a guy that's going to walk out the door, but right. he needs a new contract. Like, you know, we were talking about Michael Bunting earlier, uh, not having the season that he had before. Number wise, yep. the drop off won't be as significant, I think, as Tanner's from Nashville season a year ago. Right, but this guy's going to cash in. Like you just don't give up those type of picks for a guy that's
2: not going to cash and in leverage when you trade five picks yeah, for you a think? guy. <laughs> yeah, it's, right. You're on the hook to get him re-signed for sure. Three, three points in 15 games
1: at the Lightning. Uh, 22 Pims, dash six. You know, you... Hasn't can, been great. That's not necessarily what you're hoping for them. when you trade a draft class for one man. Yeah. Including in right. Foot as well.
0: If he is a legit 15 or 20 goal
2: scorer, is that not five schmil a year? Yeah. Well, particularly leads the NHL in fights, right? So he brings an element, like he's a rarity. He's in Tom Wilson's class as a guy who can contribute offensively and, and fight. I don't know... What his offense was like in junior? Like I don't know if he's expected to be a guy who contributes a ton offensively.
1: Uh, his last season in junior, which would have been his over age year, he was forty goals, forty assists, eighty points, and eighty three pims.
2: Okay, I understand over for the, age year, for, but for boy, the,
1: for the Moose Jaw Warriors.
2: So yeah, I I think you're probably looking at a nice contract. Yeah, but I think it's probably more in the line of what we were talking about with old Olbunsi boy earlier in the season compared to like maybe he's. What five times five? I don't know. Is he is that too high? Is that? I
0: think that's the number yeah. that would be around fifty points a year. Yeah, that it would be around five five. That he,
2: but you're not counting on Geno to be fifty point guy. He does have a forty point season though, so tough. To- um, yeah, playing for Nashville, no less.
0: Again, you could substitute ten points and say he's a thirty point guy. Right, but who, punch who your nose can, off. yeah, yeah. Uh, scare everybody.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah, he probably ends up being one of those like, oh, he's 4.75 over five or something like that. But then, so that's a good conversation to go back to the one we started having about Bunting and what you think he would be worth. Because I think that was almost the exact number and range we were talking about. Except he's 28.
0: Yes, which would mean that if he was to go and knock on doors to 31 other teams, like what would be...
2: True, he's UFA, not RFA. So, yeah, yeah, UFA. Yeah. So he
0: can knock on doors. So I think the only way it gets done for the Leafs to get a better number than what would other teams look at is if you are offering six, seven, or eight years to bunting to bring the AAV down. Yeah, I think
2: you're right. I'm shaking your head at like you can't do that. But yes, I agree. Right? Yeah.
0: So if if the number for, for market... And I don't think anyone would ever entertain to give Michael Bunting seven years, I give, six I'd or give seven. give him the
2: Nick Paul contract. He can have 3.1 that's for right. seven years. Sure. That's,
0: that's where it would go. Yeah. For me, if if the Leafs were to knock on the door with seven times 4.3, 4.4, it could get done. Or someone else could offer him 4.75 for f- five years.
2: Yeah. You following me? <laughs> I guess.
1: You I got to tell you, I'm getting the car warmed up, boys. To the airport. <laughs> you, you, want, you, want,
0: you want nothing to do with Michael Bunting?
1: At that, no, I don't. At I don't. what? Well you're, well, you're mentioning there, it just seems astronomical. What, where, where, where? Like when you said 4.75, like that's, uh, you got two. You got your two Here's of your my- franchise cornerstones, do new contracts this year. Like, what I- are you offering him, Sammy? A drive to the airport. Here's my
0: Bunting stuff, Kipper. So you don't want him at all back? Listen, you I wouldn't think, take him for three and a half or four.
1: I, I pro, I guess maybe depends on the term. Like it just, I think he's been awesome when he's played with great players, and he's found a way to play really well for stretches of time with great players. But I don't like him down the lineup as much, and he hasn't had the ability to stick on top lines, you know, consistently. Like how many times over the past two years have we talked about him getting sent down to the lower lines, and you know, like. I don't think, yeah, and he finds himself always back. Yeah, because he has to work his way back. To me, you can find somebody like you, this is where Kyle Dubas and the and their pro scouts and where you're paying all these guys all this money, and you're going to be paying guys all this money even more than the offseason if the two guys sign on the dotted line. Where you have to go out and find cheaper talent. Yeah, like I, I like Bunting and I like what he brings, but boy. Four seven five. I'm like two go, two minds geez. of this. One
2: is that if the, the Leafs have a very strong case to not pay him that much, but Bunting has a very strong case to say someone's going to give me the number you mentioned twenty four million dollars for five just, years or something. Just
0: go go back and watch what like Mason Marchment more in the Tanner Janot class than Michael Bunting because this guy's bigger, physical, he's yeah. stronger, more physical, can scare people. He's got more of that element, but. Goes down to Florida, puts up some decent numbers, cashes in with Dallas. Mm-hmm. 4.5 million, if I'm not mistaken. Sounds right. Better numbers. Yeah, Bunting has better numbers than him.
2: Yeah, so there's a case, like, you could see a team saying... 4-5. Yeah. Right there, 4-5. Yeah, 4-5 or five for you whatever. Wanna, you want to outbid me? Okay. But if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs and you're looking at it, this guy's going to hit his 28th birthday without having played 200 NHL games. He's got one really good year under his belt. He, you know he doesn't He's defend finish
0: close to forty-five, fifty points oh, yeah. here. Those are two pretty good years, they are.
2: for sure. There, but like he doesn't, you know, he doesn't defend. They don't use him in any sort of defensive role. He's not physical, but he is a uh, agitator. So he has a different element. I like him, and I yeah. I want the Leafs to keep him. I think if they could get him for four times five, I think I like that. Preferably times four, whatever a number it would be. Four times four would be more appealing.
0: I also can tell you as I continue to watch. The left side, yeah, with Yarn and Curvefoot, and I don't know who else. Uh, you're gonna need Michael Bunting to be really good. I haven't, I have not feel like you liked him this much all year. The uh, I like him, I like him a lot more when I see my alternatives on the left side.
2: Yeah. What's Kerfoot going to get? He's a UFA. Do you think they'll keep Kerfoot? I'll get a big enough Uber for both of them. Guys, Like this is a real conversation about a guy who scored 50 points last year, kills penalties, plays 17 minutes a night. They use him yeah. up and down the lineup. Ah, he's a UFA. Yeah. I'm Aww. saying those are the realities. You think you're going to just go find I think replacement he get, guys? If, yeah. I think he can get his $3 million somewhere else. Absolutely. I, I mean, I think he's at least a $3 million player. I think he's probably... You can't tell me he's that much less valuable than Michael Bunting. In fact, I'm not sure that he is less valuable than Michael Bunting. To the Felicia. <laughs> they have some big, like, they got a
1: lot of UFAs. Like, they're, this lineup's going to look a lot different next year. It could look <laughs>
2: hey. really real different. You know what? It could look really different. Yeah.
0: And all the money's going to go to...
2: Matthews and Nylander to get them re-signed. Yep. And as it should. Yeah. I mean, they they got an extra mill to play with. And other than that, it's going to be making some tough decisions, including... Kerfoot. uh, Joe Wall. Camp.
1: Machari. Bunting. Simmons. Zach aston Reese. All UFAs.
2: Yeah, that's where you want your UFAs.
1: Bottom of the lineup.
0: Speaking of the left side for the Toronto
1: Maple Leafs, give us uh, what's going on with Matthew Nyes. Quickly, before we move on from Bunting... If the Leafs, and I saw, I think it was Mario Kart in the chat put this up there, and it's a great point, that if they let Hyman walk for 5-5 five, five and give Bunting 4. <sighs> 4.75,
2: I'll never forgive them. I know. The Hyman thing, really not sitting well now that because, he's because because I,
1: is, Especially because I bang the goddamn table and be like, maybe you could just pay him.
2: If, <laughs>
0: you, if you overspend on the seven or eight years on term, you can bring Bunting down to 4-3, three, four, or four, I think.
2: Oy. Bye no bye. chance. No. I mean, I stand. yes, I, I, I am not talking to your suggestion yeah, as yeah. it being untrue. You're just
0: shaking. You're, you're not, I am you're, the GM you're passing hearing on that. that and saying, I don't want to I'm, give I'm passing seven on that. years.
2: What's 35 year old bunting look
0: like? I don't know. JB, totally fair. Yeah. Totally a legitimate point. I'm not saying no to that. Yeah. But certainly makes you think, uh, you, those are the type of options that the Leafs have to be considering.
2: It's impossible for Kyle Dubas to hear a case about bunting or any GM and not think he's worth, you know, north of $4 million at any year, any sort of term, given the numbers he's put up. And
1: Okay, Sammy, give us a Matthew Nye's update. Well, what is going on? Borny, you said that you saw it before the, the show mm-hmm. about him that he hasn't had any points yet
2: so far in the in the tournament.
0: Yep.
1: He's only played a couple games so He's far. on
2: the number one line
0: in the country. How do you have no points? He
2: scored 13 goals in two games, and he didn't have any points. Sounds like they were uh, checked quite fiercely. Okay. So that's not awesome, but it's... You know you know how it is. Sometimes it doesn't go in for you. But uh, the other fact is, here's a quote from uh, the head coach, Bob Motzko. He says, uh, he's going to really heal up now. He's talking about the break. He's going to really heal up now. He's been battling some stuff. It's not going away real easy for him. Talking about him playing through injury in the Frozen Four, or in the tourney. So, not great, Bob. Ah, well, hopefully he,
0: uh, <laughs> hopefully he heals up. Um, but it will help that in the first round, they won't see a real physical team like <laughs> yeah, Tampa Bay.
2: You're going to play bottom of the order.
0: Here's Maroon, Perry, Belmar,
1: Colton, Geno. I got to tell you, boys, it's going to be tough for him to get the lineup.
0: Oh, thanks, Tips. It's no, <laughs> just like well, some people yeah. got him on the top line. Oh, but no, people, no. You're self-included. They, included. they winning the con smite. <laughs>
1: You're the one who was putting him on the top line all year.
0: No, I was not. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. We just knew that. There might be an opportunity in those last few games to get him in. We know he's signing a contract. They're going to burn the year. He's going to get a, his game in.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, I don't see him playing much.
0: And I don't ever see him. I, don't, I never saw the Leafs dropping him in there with Matthews or Tavares and saying, hey, yeah, go show us your stuff now. They, they would ease I, him
2: in yeah.
0: like they would any other kid when you don't know.
2: The only reason I wasn't as sure as you about that is seeing how Nick Robertson was chucked to the Wolves with yeah. you know against Columbus and even this year I think he started yeah. in the top 6 at times. This so, guy uh, like
0: carries a little bit more weight
2: than, than Nick. Literal weight which is nice. <laughs> He's a larger animal. So all right, well hopefully he is he uninjured by the time he got no plays. points in the biggest
1: game of the year, he'll fit right in. <laughs> oh jeez, man, who's the team you on?
0: <laughs> all right, what's with Brooks Kepka? I, I want to get to this because is it, are they
1: buds and he's just messing with them? I have no idea what the backstory is. I would hope that somebody's going to ask Ekblad about it. Okay. Or ask Kepka about, so, about it. But Kepka's now on live tour. So he just doesn't care about golf. All He's just, or people. Or he's just rich. <laughs> so just rich beyond his mind, wildest for, dreams.
0: For those that don't know, he was at the Panthers game, he was in a box. And he was filmed.
2: Yeah, with him and his boys. They're all wearing matching track suits. He's shirtless. And he's holding a uh, pylon and holding up five for Ekblad. Five, this is you. And then the, you get the audio and he goes, you suck, Ekblad. <laughs> like, you know, quite the maybe, they're, maybe for a professional my, athlete. You know what my guess is? Maybe they're both
1: like med list members. And they play together all the That's time. That's kind
2: of what I think, too, is they're that one, like they, maybe med, they're boys or something. Like, they play is, golf together or yeah, something.
1: Medlist is, like, one of the super exclusive clubs down there. Like, when we, they're at the same course, and they play Otherwise, together. Otherwise,
2: he's just a if – if they're not
0: boys, then Are he's he, just a jerk. Here, here's my first question.
2: Where do you get a pylon from? You know, it looked, like, soft. Like, he did he have, like, a telescopic one? Like, one that did you brought like, in?
0: Park underground and take it with you because <laughs> you're going to chirp. Maybe Back the
2: VVVVVVIP parking has some cones for where he was parked and he just brought it in.
0: Is that what you, if you're buds with him, is that what you want is to go and scream you, at the top of your lungs? you suck so everybody could hear I can it and not you. know
2: that? I can tell you my buddies have come by junior games and done it. So you know. <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> it definitely seems like more of a good buddy move. Than if, the if it isn't though, like this is why I kind of wish Florida was not Florida and they had like a lot of media so someone could follow up on this. Yeah, I don't even know who would I ask?
1: Maybe Joe, or maybe Jovo plays golf with both of them. Maybe Jovo. Let's, yeah, let's get to the bottom yeah, of this. Yeah, I'll try to figure that out. But it's just I don't know. Kapka just seems like he's kind of
0: Too much up. inside stuff. If they're buds, yeah. we should have known about it by now.
1: You're right.
2: They're they're I think Brooks is a little lost. Oh, Brooks is struggling. I gotta watch that uh full swing. Have you watched it with him? him? I haven't watched that one
1: yet. It's pretty,
2: it's borderline sad.
1: So the other little- What what episode's that? Third, maybe? Third? I'm watching that tonight. Oh, it's excellent. Oh,
0: he's like
1: ready to cry in that. You watched it, Kip? Yeah. Oh my God, he's, we don't want to spoil it too much for Borny, but like he- Yeah. Scotty Scheffler is a mess. It's so far inside his head, he thought he just sucked at golf, that's why he took the money. He's like, yeah, I suck at golf now, I've got to take money, I'll never be good again. They got I, it like the I'll be honest. Time. I had
2: a moment where he won four majors in uh, over two years, and I was like, "Is he going to get like up to Tiger's numbers? No, like, like he he can win at will. He was
1: unbeatable. Like he was the guy that you look to in majors that was yeah. just the toughest guy. Chipping in, in, in yeah, right. like in situations. Zero confidence. Well, now he doesn't. Now he doesn't get to play. He Went to live tour. He'll play
2: the Masters, but yeah. But you know play. what else? He's got zeros. He's got yeah. a lot of zeros. It's all about the cash. Um, so another little fun fact, uh, Luke Shen has a quote. I oh, moved yes. into my new place to discover Thomas Caberlet is my neighbor. He was my first defense partner with the Leafs when I was a rookie in 2008. He randomly moved into a neighborhood and his l- first defense partner is his neighbor. Good. I mean, that's probably what Thomas happens can when give you move into some to, advice. He uh, can work with neighborhoods, yeah, I
1: imagine. Yeah. Oh, the rich guy moved the to the rich guy is neighborhood. What does small... he never made money? No, like yeah. I mean, is, does he have a big contract? Let's look that up. I'm sure he's made enough to move into a nice house. Played um, for a lot of years. Well, I
0: know, but he's never I don't think he's ever had a huge contract. He
1: his career earnings I'm fascinated are by this. 25, 25 uh, million. Is that good? He signed with He signed a contract extension with the Leafs in 20 How big? Uh it was a 5-year, 18 million dollar contract.
2: Yeah you know yeah, he's, that's not bad the, the guy's been a warrior yeah and then he signed a,
1: a two year with the coyotes for 1.25 for two years and then he's been on one year bangers ever All since right. so there you
0: go one more here uh last night we got a uh, tiger williams celebration in the shootout
2: oh is tiger okay like was there i've heard people say like i hope tiger saw that elliot tweeted and like a tribute to tiger nothing happened to tiger right
1: tiger is on our morning show tomorrow So he's doing fine. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. uh, uh,
0: Zeta went down his stick. Yeah. Wrote wrote his stick stick down after a shootout goal against Buffalo. And people are saying that Tiger would be a – does Tiger have a copyright on that or anything? (laughs) (laughs) Are people worried that he would have been offended by it?
2: No, I think people people are like, it's a good thing. It felt to me like Tiger was sick and they were like, oh, yeah, like a tribute because something's wrong with Tiger. Apparently oh, it's
1: not. I don't know. I didn't get okay. that. Okay, Nothing is wrong with Tiger Williams. Nothing is wrong with him. He's on our morning show tomorrow at yes, 8.30. he's fine. Friday, the fan. So
2: when Pozzetta was doing Pozzetta things last year, I yeah. went on the television and I said that he was my favorite player in the league. Yeah. Um, I got so what did you think of that. it? Uh, I like it. Whoa, I still whoa, whoa. think you're eligible to get punched in the face for it. <laughs> but he's a tough guy who wants to fight. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't do it because I would rather be ineligible to be punched in the face.
1: Oh, my God, It's the best thing ever. You loved it. Oh, my God. How could you not? The guy <laughs> well, is never... A, well, if, you, if you're he,
0: stuffy, you'd be it's, like... Oh. It's just another form of oh. entertainment, right? Because Sammy score, was entertained right, by but it. but if
2: you're on the other side, you're like, okay, but not at my... Beh- you know, not at my cost.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think we're so beyond that now with your Michigans and your Sellies that it's all just part of the... I'm. Once are, Everyone we're, we're, bat
2: flips. We're, we're it's in, not the, we're in the people window up anymore.
1: of where <laughs> we just express ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> that It was no. a, That was an incredible. So how many goals has Michael Pozzetta scored in his life, like in the uh, EK. Funny,
2: what, he's ah, a player. Don't you give me that one.
1: Okay, Michael Pozzetta has scored. He's got some goals this year. He's got 11 career talks. It's not never. He gets his chance in the shootout. Probably not many chances He's in the shootout here. in his career. Yeah.
0: He's because thinking that, it could also be his last one ever. There he, has to be an element of, of that. Of
1: course. That building's half three-quarters full of halves fans. He shoots one under the bar, and he just rides his stick and does the two biggest points I've ever seen. It, it was an incredible You've had one of the worst. Is getting
2: the contract, boys.
0: Yeah. You've had one of the worst seasons in Montreal Canadian history. And you're riding your stick. And... Right? You're riding your stick.
3: Uh, light now. All the, all go, the, back to, go back I'm to they have some it. more margarita. Now. Boom, boom Jeffrey <laughs> <on is> this,
0: <laughs> this could be the highlight of their season. Till they get Connor Bedard. Then
2: yeah. they can all but collectively that, no, but ride their sticks. But that's next season. That's true.
0: This is not, this is this season. Yeah. They haven't had a lot to cheer about. No. This that could be it.
2: I remember what it's like when your team is bad and you follow the team because I was just reading an article on how Pazetta has actually like really been a great player for them this year and maybe next year he'll be. You get excited about really far down the line there's, of things. There's when nothing
0: you're bad. to not like about the kid.
2: I told
3: you, I am a right? big Pizetta fan. He plays fan. hard. Oh. He's
0: willing to f- drop his mitts. He He's loves right his teammates. Face.
2: Right in your face. Right, and
0: if they are building this culture and they're they want to protect one another, and they're, he's the first guy to jump in a pile for you. I'm okay. Ride your stick if it makes you feel good. Ride That's it right.
2: into summer and in April. Doing the bull dance. <laughs> feel Feeling
1: <the> flow it. <laughs> Working it.
0: Love it. <laughs> All right, just like that, take a little break, and it's like uh, we never went away. Back at her. No, we went away. You could tell. <laughs> Carrie Galley, Mike Buta, and Eric... Urbanson. <laughs> Erlinson. 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 Had it all day, too. Gosh darn. We're back tomorrow, though. You can count on that. Real kipper and Bourne.